Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Sorry to make you uh, pump fake on the clapping there, but I appreciate you stopping when I got to the stage, so that really means a lot and lets me know that I'm welcome here. Uh, anyway, just joking. Uh, my name is, is Mark. I have the privilege of being the lead pastor uh, here at Movement Church, and uh, I'm glad you got a chance to, to see that video. Some of you are like, yeah, we've been talking about this Three Creeks Gehanna thing a lot, and some of you uh, might be new to our, our culture and are just catching up, but today is about celebrating uh, what we feel God has called us to do, and that is uh, to, have, to be a life-giving church here in Hilliard, but to also plant life-giving churches all over this city and all over the country. And so uh, today is the, the first step in that process and something uh, that I'm prayerfully hoping that we can do uh, 25 more times or so. And so we're, we're excited about that uh, and excited to, to celebrate that. Hey, I have a, uh, a thread uh, that exists on my, my Facebook account. Uh, I will never let you read it, but it's a, a thread uh, with my, my inner circle from college. So most of you probably have uh, an inner circle from high school and or college or some friends that you really connected with, people that uh, just seem to understand you. And it's, it's usually a group where you've got some, some inside jokes. So uh, my, my group has a couple of those. One of them is uh, the time that we found a frozen dead goose in the lake town that we went to college with and thought it would be funny to hang it in someone's garage. And then the game warden got called and we uh, pretended that we had nothing to do with that. Uh, but these are, these are guys that I, I went on uh, spring break with. These are guys, uh, I've told you stories before, but we used to go and spotlight couples who were down by the lake doing things they shouldn't have done. Uh, we were like the moral police in our town and so uh, these are these are just guys you know we'll be talking about life and then make a joke back to that and and they instantly know what I'm talking about Uh, these are guys that uh when couples would hang out in the lobby of our dorms and get a little too close we started to make etiquette signs because again we were the moral police uh because sometimes you just need a sign that says this is a cuddle-free zone because uh, people don't get that. So uh, these, are, these are guys. We launched a, a fake news program on campus and just started showing it on TVs in different buildings. And people would watch that and they were getting their news there and we were just saying whatever we wanted to. And so uh, these guys get me. These are guys that I have uh, great memories with and guys that I can look back and just know... Uh, that, that they're in my corner. Um, and, and I think all of us probably have friends like that. You guys probably, it might even be your siblings, it might be people that you've known since third grade, but we all have an inner circle. People that, the minute you're around them, you can pick right back up where you left off. Everyone has that friend, you know, they were in your wedding, and when you see them, you're like, I actually haven't seen them in six months, and as soon as you do, you're doing like the secret handshake and stuff, and, and things are right back in eighth grade, and you're on the softball team again, and everything is good. You can, you can tell when someone's talking, to a dear friend, a friend that they've known for a long time. And you can, you can tell when someone is talking to a lifelong friend, a friend that is always going to be there for them, and someone that's just in their, in their heart, right? This morning, we, uh, we get to celebrate that. We get, to, uh, we get to talk about our connection with some dear friends. We get to uh, talk about what it looks like in real life for us to be the church, what it looks like for us to be a church that is sending people, what it looks like for us to be a church that is connected to people and yet asking them to move to the other side of the city. And we get to talk about what our attitude should be like in that, what our heart should be like in that, and how we can stay connected to these people, how we can cherish those great times and how we can have relationship going forward. 
Because that's what this series is called. We've been, we've been in this series called Forward and we're talking about what it looks like for us as believers to know where God is taking us specifically right now as a church, how he's gifted us, how he's calling us forward, what he's asking us to do, and this week is a piece of that. And so we want to look at some examples from the New Testament. You guys uh, may know this, but we see uh, all throughout the New Testament there was a man named Paul who was writing letters to these churches that had been planted. We see in the book of Acts after Jesus Christ ends his earthly ministry, after the gospel goes out, after the church explodes and the church is built, we see that Paul and some others travel around and they're sending people out and churches are being started and then letters are being written back to that audience. And and we see that Paul's not just writing these form letters. He's not saying, to whom it may concern. No, no. He's talking to people that he has incredible shared time with. He's talking to people. He didn't ever do anything with a frozen dead goose, but he's talking to people that he's shared life with, that he has stories. He has connections. He has an intimate relationship. He remembers what they've done. They've ministered alongside each other, and they're united by the gospel and by their friendship and by their memories. And so he's writing these letters to these people, and he's saying, hey, here's what's been on my heart. Here's what God is calling us to do. Here's how God is calling all of us forward, and here's something that I, I just want to mention to you. And so as a church, we have a chance to, uh, to do that today. Most of you know that, uh, that we want to be a church that sends, and if you didn't know, we've now told you we want to be a church that sends. And as I mentioned, we get our blueprint for living for Jesus from the New Testament. We get our blueprint for being the church, being a body of believers from the New Testament, and we also get our blueprint for living on mission and planting churches all throughout the New Testament. So if you're new to the Bible, let me just give you a quick synopsis of some things that happened. The church was born in Jerusalem around AD 30, right? We said that the gospel went out and that people are living on mission for Jesus and the church is transplanted throughout that region and churches are planted in Palestine and Caesarea. And within a few years, we see churches planted in Antioch, of Syria. We see churches planted in Antioch of Poseida, a church planted in Iconium, a church planted in Lystra, a church planted in Derby, a church planted in Philippi, a church planted in Thessalonica, a church planted in Berea, a church planted in Corinth, and a church planted in Ephesus. So that is the blueprint that I'm talking about. As the gospel grows in our hearts and as we are the church, that should multiply. That should multiply individually in our hearts and that should multiply out of us as believers and leaders. And so the gospel was never meant to stay in one room with one group of friends, but was meant to be shared as that group of people move forward. And so today we want to look at a blueprint and look at some specific examples from the New Testament, specifically the words that Paul would say to these believers and to these churches as he would send them out. And we want to look at what should be our attitude, what should be our DNA as a sending church. And even for the Three Creeks folks, we expect you to do this and keep sending people. And so what should be our attitude and and, and how? How can we really look at this and learn? And so we want to kind of develop a a theology of sending from the example and and from the life of Paul and how God used him to grow the church and grow believers and and send people. And so I want to invite you to uh, turn to Philippians chapter 1 with me if you've got a Bible this morning. Philippians chapter 1. There's a Bible in front of you or behind you or under your your seat there somewhere. We're going to be on page 899, Philippians chapter 1, verses 2 through 9. And we want to just look at this example and see what we can learn as ascending church that, that values this. Philippians chapter one, verses two through nine. This is what Paul says. This is his attitude. This is the example he's set as the church is ascending culture and as the gospel moves forward and God empowers us. It says this in Philippians chapter one, verse two. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. 
Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Now let's be honest this morning. Some of us have grown up in the church. Some of us have grown up reading the Bible. You've studied the Bible. You've read the Bible before. And sometimes we hear Paul say these things and we just kind of skip over it, right? We're like, oh, there he goes again with that grace and peace stuff. No one says that. Shalom or whatever, right? We don't, we don't do that. And so we're like, let's get to the meat. Let's get to the good part where, where Paul really, really locks down on sexual immorality or says something that we can remember, right? Let's talk about that. And yet we can learn so much from this example. And there's a few standard greetings, a few things that that Paul says that should be our attitude. Here's the first one I want to highlight. Paul always extends grace and peace to the churches. Paul always extends grace and peace to the churches. And and we comb through, as a a teaching team, comb through all of these New Testament books and looked at all the things he said. And and there were so many examples where Paul would just say, grace and peace to you. I send grace. I send peace. And all the time, he's saying these two words. What do these two words mean? Well, when he he says, I I send grace and, and peace to you, the, the, the Greek word for grace is, is basically, it's, it's a standard greeting, right? He's just saying, listen, all of us who are hearing this, all of us who are followers of Christ, all of us who are in the church, we're united under the undeserving grace of God. And so what he's reminding us is that your resume doesn't matter. Who you are or where you've been does not matter. We're all not perfect and we're all made perfect through the love of Jesus, right? And so he completes us, he unites us, he's our everything, And so he's reminding this audience that. He's saying, don't forget who you were before Jesus and how he's changed you. But he also throws in peace. And the the Greek word for that corresponds to the Hebrew word for shalom. And so basically he's he's doing this, this, this greeting where he's intentionally drawing Gentiles and Jews and these different audiences together. And he's reminding them, listen, whoever you were, wherever you're from, whatever your church looks like, whatever town you're in, it doesn't matter if your town beat this town in football or if your church doesn't look like this church, we're united under grace. We're united under the cross of Jesus and we have a common mission and that mission is to take the gospel forward. And so he's saying life and ministry and church planning are stressful and and those things can wear on you and life can wear on you and family can wear on you and those things take a toll. But at the heart of all of that, he's saying don't forget Jesus, don't forget your relationship with Jesus, how he's changed you and how he changes others. And so as we send today, we don't wanna just say, Grace and peace to you. Good luck with that, guys. Hope you do well over there. We want to extend grace and peace in our attitude, in our speech, in our follow-up, and in our friendship. We need to do everything we can for those that we send, for those that are in our, our family and in our DNA, to keep them focused on the grace of Jesus, the grace of God, and the peace that he provides. I know that some of the people we're sending are, are older than some of us, right? Right? 
so it'd be, it'd be kind of weird to call them our spiritual children, but, but just pretend for a second that your spiritual children are leaving for college, right? You're gonna be the mom that calls and says, did you take a shower this week, right? You're gonna say in some way, it might be on their Facebook wall, it might be as you pray for them, you're gonna say, don't forget about the grace and peace that comes only through Jesus. Paul always extends grace and peace to the churches. Number two, Paul always praise for the churches and we we've we've seen that and we read that in this passage and we see that over and over again he tells us in romans and first corinthians and philippians and colossians and first thessalonians in second thessalonians and second timothy and in philemon i always pray for you i pray for you my heart is burdened for you i'm praying to god for you and he's praying specifically for their growth and their strength. And we see examples of that in many of these books. And so it's not just that we're saying, hey, try to remember uh, grace and peace. That's some really good stuff. Don't forget about that. But as we send people, as the gospel goes forward, we need to pray for grace and peace for those that God has given us an impact with. The people that we've had an influence over, the people that we've had the ability to raise up, the people that we've had the ability to send, we need to pray those things into their life. Paul always prays for the churches. And this isn't something that we want to do once a week when we're here. We don't want to just watch a video and say, oh man, I totally forgot about those Three Creeks people. If you're someone who has a prayer journal, Three Creeks Church should be in your prayer journal. And our desire to see life-giving churches planted should be in your prayer journal. And if you're someone that uses reminders on your phone, you should set a reminder on your phone for once a day or once a week or one hour a month. We should be lifting up the people that we send out because they're, they're not distant, they're, they're family. And we see this example from Paul. He had a heart for them, he had a burden for them, he cared about them. And it wasn't just lip service. It wasn't like, oh, I'm in public and I'm gonna pray for these people. He was praying for them when he was alone. He was burdened for them when he was alone because he knew them and he loved them. And it was probably bittersweet to leave them and to send them out, but he knew that it mattered for eternity. He knew that it mattered for the gospel. And so he prayed for them. We need to follow that example and pray for the people we send out, pray for Three Creeks Church like their ministry and their church depends on it because it, it does. So I don't know what that looks like in your heart, in your life, in your to-do list, in your schedule, but I hope that you can remember to pray for Three Creeks Church as we send them. Number three here, Paul always knows the churches. You're like, yeah, I would hope so. He's writing a letter to him, right? No, he, Paul, Paul really knew the churches. These weren't, these weren't people that he was like, oh, it's uh, that one guy, you know? You always give nicknames to people, right? And you're like, uh, red hat guy. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. Paul, Paul knew them. He knew their lives. He knew their hearts. He knew what was going on. He knew what God was doing. He was aware of specific situations. And so as he would write these letters, he would say, hey, Tom, how's your mom? Hey, how's that thing going on at work? With the, I, I've been praying about that because you told me about it. I wanted to follow up and just see what God was doing. I want to challenge you to remain faithful in that. I hope things are okay. He knew these people and he knew what was going on in their life and he knew their struggles and he followed them and he lifted them up and he pointed them to Jesus. Well, what does that look like now? Because there's a, there's a lot of people in this room, right? Some of you were like, it's my third week, and I, is that church called Two Creeks Church or Two Rivers? I can't even remember what it's called, and now you're telling me I'm supposed to know these people and I'm supposed to pray for them. I'm going to be honest, it's pretty easy in this culture. You can follow them on social media, right? You can, you can open up whatever you're using right now and probably look up Three Creeks Church, and it exists. 
right? And as you see things on Facebook, they have this event coming up. They have this teaching series coming up. They're, they're looking to do this neighborhood event. They're praying about someone to fill this leadership role. If you can follow them, you can know what God is doing. You can follow what God is doing. You can celebrate what God is doing and you can lift that up. Paul knew these people intimately because he had served alongside them. And we've served alongside this team, right? I'm going to tell some stories later, but, but I feel like my family has a connection to Joel and Morgan. Your family probably feels the same way, right? I remember the first time that I met Stuart and Julie, and I remember talking to these people that we are now sending. I remember meeting the Joneses for the first time, and I remember doing Josh and Aubrey's wedding, and I remember intimately building relationships, investing in these people And so we know them. You know them. They've watched your kids in Movement Kids. They've made the coffee for you. They've led you in worship. They've discipled you. They've led your movement group. They've helped you tear down curtains. We know them. And it's our job to know them. And it's our job to know them going forward. And so we need to stay up on what they're doing and and be excited about what they're doing and pray for what they're doing. What does it look like to know someone going forward when you're, when you're sending them away? We've said this before, and I want to remind you of this. None of these people are dying, okay? <laughs> and if your Columbus geography is a little off, Gehenna's not that far away. In fact, some of you may have been over there to a place near it called Easton, right? You've been there once or twice before. Maybe you've even gone on a date there if you don't have four kids, all right? Maybe, maybe you still go on dates, okay? Uh, and so here's what I want you to do. If, if we're sending people that you know and you care about and you're feeling this disconnection and you're like, oh, we had to start another church and send them away. Now I'm supposed to act like I'm happy and pray about this, but I'm not happy about this. I want you to remember this. If you're following them on social media, you can probably talk to them on social media. And, and Gehanna same area code. So most of them, probably all of them, are not switching phone numbers. You can text them, right? Except for Joel, he has a flip phone. He probably won't get that. But everyone else, you can text and you can call them and you can FaceTime them and you can say, hey, we both work at Nationwide still. What a miracle. Let's go out to lunch during the day. Let's go on a double date. Let's meet up. How's this going? How can I encourage you? It's our job to know our team and know the people we're sending and not just say, "Uh, God, help them out, but to pray specifically for them. They're gonna be doing something that, that requires a lot of faith and many of us in the room are still going through that as a growing startup mobile church and they're gonna even go back a few years and start that cycle again and so you know what they're doing and you know where they've been and you know how you can pray, but you can specifically ask them, how can I pray for you and your heart and your walk with Jesus? How can I be excited about what God's doing in your family? What's going on in the four walls of your house and how can I lift that up? Because we know these people and we have a heart for these people. Paul always extends grace and peace. He always prays for the churches. He always knows the churches. One of the other things we see is that Paul always loves the churches and we know that because he says that. He says that in the passage in Philippians that we just read. He he says that in Philemon, a tiny little book, if you want to read that later today. It's another one that will give you a great example. But Paul is saying these people forever have a special place in our heart, right? Just Just like that one childhood friend, just like those friends from college, just like your high school soccer team, when you guys get together, you're back talking about inside jokes and everything 
picks up right where it left off. It doesn't mean that you've forgotten them. It's not out of sight, out of mind, but we're on the same team and and we can always think back and have fond memories and know that we can pick right back, pick right up where we left off. And so knowing someone is is a part of that. We said that it's our job to, to know them, right? But, but that's what makes it bittersweet because today we're saying, well, things are going to be different going forward and, and, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna send them and there's going to be joy and, and sorrow and, and, and I don't want to deny that stuff. I want you to know that, that those things are real. But I think that's what shows that our commitment to make sure that, that people can know Jesus is real. Right? If we wanted this to be about us, we would say, hey, let's all stay right here. Let's all stay comfortable in this room, in this city, on this side of town. Let's not do things that challenge us. Let's not do things that, that are going to be difficult. Let's not have to live in faith. Let's just let's stay right here. And yet what unites us is the gospel, is the message that Jesus can change lives. And that's why it's worth someone selling their house and moving to the other side of the city. And that's why it's worth someone saying, I'm going to leave comfort and I'm going to take my family over to this other place and we're going to start something totally new. What unites us, what shows that we love each other is that we're not willing to make life just about us. And so we need to love our family. We need to love people who are willing to live and operate and step out in faith. And I don't know exactly what that looks like for you, but when you know someone, you'll figure it out. It might be free babysitting. It might be a gift card that you send to them to encourage them. It might be just calling them and praying out loud over the phone. It might be looking them up and and seeing how you can make them smile that day. But it's our job to love the people that we send out, to love this church and to be excited about what they're doing and to let them know that they're not forgotten. The last point I, I want to make is just that all of these things that we see in this culture of sending, in this culture of the gospel multiplying itself individually in people as others come to know Jesus, and, and, and in, in leaders, and through leaders, and, and through the multiplication of churches, this is, this is part of the DNA of the gospel. We see this in Paul's DNA, and we must continually work to make it ours. Sometimes around our, around our house, we, we catch ourselves saying things like, well, when that group leaves, and then we're like, I mean, sent. When that group is sent, they are, they are not leaving, and we joke about different words and how we want to say stuff, but the reality is that, that this is a, an intentional choice that we've made based on the pattern that we see in the New Testament, based on what we see the church doing in the New Testament, and what we believe is best for this world. And so we have to work. There's going to be moments that we think like, well, Our church would have a lot more money to do this if we hadn't given that much money to those people and sent them over there. We'd we'd have a lot more people. They wouldn't be asking for volunteers again if they hadn't sent most of the good volunteers away. Or we we would be able to do that thing or or, or this thing. And there's going to be moments that humanly we'll look at this and think like, this is not what I would have chosen. This is not the best idea. This is not the fastest way to get a church building or to build this thing up or get to 31 services or whatever we like to think that, that our job is, right? Yeah, on a, on a very human level, this is, this is not smart, right? As a business, this is a terrible idea. As an, as an organism, this is wonderful, and this was the goal all along. Like we said last week, healthy organisms grow and multiply themselves and send. 
And it's never just about that one organism. It's about multiplication and making more and more and more and making sure that DNA goes forward. And our DNA is the gospel. Our DNA is Jesus. And there are 120,000 people in Gehenna who don't know Jesus. And there are many other suburbs and, and places in the city and places in Ohio where people don't know Jesus. And so we want to continually replicate this DNA and send people and send people and send people. Because as the gospel grows, it multiplies in us. As the gospel grows in you, as you come to understand who Jesus is and what he did for you, you can't help but tell someone about that. And then that person comes to know Jesus. And then that person tells someone about Jesus and their friend comes to know Jesus. And as that original friend grows in their relationship with Jesus, they step up in their leadership and and God gives them influence and they disciple people and groups grow and groups multiply and churches grow and churches multiply and the gospel goes forward and the church is sent. And so I want to say something real quick to to some of our our movement people that that are not being sent, that are sticking around. I hope this isn't disheartening to you. Some of you are, are, are you've been here for, for three weeks. You, you, you've started attending this summer. You're figuring out what this place is. You know that you like it. I want you to know that this is part of our DNA and this is an opportunity for you. There are many ways that God uses church planning and we're not, we're not doing this for this reason, but one of the opportunities that exists, I think, is that, that our church is being pruned. All right? Sometimes as something is pruned, it can grow back with even, even more strength and it, it changes and grows and morphs in new ways. And I know and trust, and I've seen this happen time and time again, every time a church plants a church that God grows them and God changes them and God moves them forward. And so many of us in the room have an opportunity. We're sending a whole lot of movement group leaders and apprentices. Guess what opportunity exists? for you to lead a movement group and for you to apprentice lead a movement group in the future and say, God, how can I trust you? How can I expand my influence and leadership? And we're sending people who are, who are the apprentice of, of large ministry teams, of, of movement kids. We sent our leader of first impressions. We've sent people away who have had influence and who have our DNA and who have invested in us. And so guess what the opportunity is? For you to step up and lead and live by faith and push yourself and grow. It doesn't mean that if you take one of those roles, we're going to say, okay, it's time to move to Gehenna. Got to get out the door. No, no, no. But we want to see the gospel multiply itself in you and in us and in our leadership. And so if you're fairly new and you're figuring out what's going on and you're thinking, why are they sending those people away? I want you to know that one of the beautiful things this does is it creates an opportunity for leaders to unleash their passions and their gifting and their leadership and to lead. And I hope that you feel that challenge. What God's calling you to might not be to to move to Gehenna or move to Sunbury or go where this next church plan will be. What God might be calling you toward is to say, what's your next step? What can you do? This person used to be filling that role and and now they're they're gone. Is that something that God can, can draw you toward? Is that something that God can ask you to do? We're excited about this uh, church plant and we want to love them. We want to know them. We want to keep this as our DNA. We want to pray for them. We want to extend grace and peace to them. And so I hope that that's our attitude today. I hope that maybe today, if you're going to be one of the criers, that you're crying tears of joy because you're excited that you'll see people in heaven that you don't know because you sent this group well. You'll meet people in heaven that will say, hey, I'm here because you sent Three Creeks Church. 
I hope that, that you're excited about having an opportunity to, to walk by faith and, and live by faith again as we send this group of 60, 70 people. I hope you're excited about that because it's the example we see in scripture and God has called us toward this and I know that he, he blesses this and we're doing this because, because we love him and because we love this group. Let me pray and then we'll uh, move on here. God, we want to celebrate how you call us forward. And Lord, we want to celebrate the ways that you grow us, the ways that you ask us to walk in faith, the ways that you move our leadership and the ways that you grow your church. And so God, today is bittersweet, but I pray, Lord, that this isn't even just about Three Creeks. Lord, I pray that this is about the gospel. I pray that this is about the gospel growing in us and multiplying in us, Lord. I pray that we will have your heart for people, whether we live in Hilliard or whether we live in Columbus or Delaware or Gahanna, God, help us to have a heart for people that multiplies and reproduces the life that you give us. God, I pray that we will step up and grow your church so that more people can know you and know life. And Lord, I pray that we'll be excited about that. So God, help us as we send today, help us to have your attitude, help us to have your love for people, help us to have your joy Help us to have your burden for those that don't know you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.